would to Genesis chapter number 40. If you've got your Bible tonight, page number 57. We have been looking at a series for several weeks now. This is our fourth one. On the life of Joseph, God meant it for good. And uh, I trust if you've not been here, but you would like the notes, they're up here. I've got a couple left on all the four messages. And uh, of course, we, we started with talking about the hero. And we said that the hero in this story is not Joseph. Hero in this story is God. Amen? And, uh, but then also in a, in, in a certain fashion, the hero is Joseph because he becomes, a, if you will, a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, perhaps one of the greatest types of, of the Lord in the Old Testament there is. But tonight I'm going to bring a message and I want all of our young people to listen intently. I want uh, you to listen. I, I, I'm, I struggle with this one, but it is a great, great truth. Are you willing to wait for God? Are you willing to wait for God? How many of you understand patience is probably not one of my best virtues? Amen. <laughs> Brother, watch us say amen. <laughs> patience is not one of my virtues. If I've got something to do... Let's get her done. Amen. In chapter 40, verse number 12, let's stand together one more time. Oh, I wish you could see my heart, how much I'm so thankful for the offering tonight and all of you that gave and everybody that um, uh, made a commitment. You say, well, we got the money, so do I still need to make the commitment? Yeah, because the commitment was to the Lord, not to us. So you won't obey the Lord if you put that in your heart. Verse 12, and Joseph said unto him, This is the interpretation of it, the three branches of three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thine head and restore thee into thy place, and thou shalt deliver Pharaoh's cup into his hand after the former manner when thou wast his butler. But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray thee unto me, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews. Here also have I done nothing that I should be put, that they should put me into the dungeon. Drop down to verse 23, if you will. You got verse 23? Let's read it together. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. Oh my goodness. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forget him. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You be seated. Our hero's in prison. Not because he's a criminal, not because he's done wrong. He's in prison because he's done right. One of the most amazing facts of this story is Genesis chapter 40, in the beginning, you find Joseph in prison. When you come to the end of chapter number 40, the verse we read, he's still in prison. 
That's just not fair. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever found yourself in a position where God has you waiting and you say, that's just not, it's just not fair. And the question comes, then, are you willing to wait for God? As a matter of fact, Joseph's not got any choice in the matter. There's not anything else he can do. Well, I got to thinking about this and my how real it became. We may have just stumbled on the reason he's there. We may have just stumbled on the reason God placed him in this place. Because the reality is, he's in prison. He can't appeal his sentence, he can't escape. He's stuck in an Egyptian prison far from home, and they think he's dead anyway. And he's been falsely accused of rape. And I don't know about you, but in times like this, you don't have many friends in situations like this. And the truth of the matter is, here he is, and he's waiting. And he could do absolutely nothing about it. Now, we have a problem about right here when we read the Bible. And the problem is this. We know how this story's going to end. We know the butler's going to be raised up. We know the day will come he will remember. We know the day will come that Joseph will become second most powerful man in Egypt. But the truth of the matter is, to really grasp the meaning of this story, you have to read it understanding Joseph didn't know it. You have to read it from the perception that God did not send Joseph a text message, a letter, a word. God sent Joseph nothing telling him what his future's going to be. Some of you this morning, tonight rather, would, would love to have inside information on what God's going to do, wouldn't you? You would like to know the girl he wants you to date, the one he wants you to marry, the, the position he wants you to have, the place he wants you to fill. But the truth is, God rarely, rarely, rarely ever does that. Now we do know there will come a day that Joseph will say this, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant unto good to bring it to pass as it is, is today to save much people. But understand, in this text, Joseph knows nothing about that. I'm in prison. I did nothing. And no doubt, I, I thought about this. And no doubt, Andrew could stand back there have you ever had any prisoners that are innocent? They all. They all. That's what I thought about. I said, no doubt Joseph would say, you know, I, I'm innocent. Everybody else said, yeah, I am too. I can't believe we, I ain't ever seen here. Truth of the matter was, though, he was there, and God has him 
in a place of waiting. Wow. If you have ever sat in a hospital room waiting on someone to have surgery and a long drawn out surgery, you understand how tiring and how challenging waiting can be. I believe waiting is perhaps the hardest discipline in the Christian life. The prison became a spiritual growth place for Joseph. Become a school for him to learn some spiritual growth. No doubt maybe tonight God has got some of you in this waiting place. And you can do nothing to change it. You're waiting for your loved ones to come to Christ. You're wanting to meet the right per- right boy, right girl. You- you're waiting to be married. Some of you wish you'd wait a little longer on that. Amen. Waiting to find out what God wants you to do. Waiting for your prayers to be answered. Waiting for that oldest son or daughter to come back home and be right with God. One Wisby said this about Joseph. God permitted Joseph to be treated unjustly and put in prison to help build his character, to prepare him for the task they laid ahead. The prison would be a school where Joseph would learn to wait on God. Easter, 1992. On a Sunday morning, me... Johnny Chambers, uh, a Curtis Feller, and Darlene's brother, Jerry Wayne Eichard, all sat on the road. Any, many, money, and I was, I was mo. Amen. And they, we preached on a Sunday morning. Down here in a little white building, just a little bitty church, and I, I remember there was 32 or 33 that Sunday. As I said on that front pew, it's just like God said, one day you'll pastor this church. I remember bowing my head and said, Dear God, I've coveted this work. What's wrong with me? I can't do this. But I left that day knowing God would put me there, yet that didn't come to pass to October. And between Easter and October... Darlene, I drove Darlene so crazy, she wouldn't talk to me about it. She'd say, you, you just quit talking to me about it. I don't want to talk to you about it. I like to drove her crazy. Waiting. So what do you do when you're in this waiting time? What do you do? Joseph here tells us what we need to do when you're in this waiting time with God. Number one, be reliable. Faithful. In Genesis chapter 40 verse 1, it came to pass after these things that the butler of the king of Egypt and his baker had offended their lord, the king of Egypt. And the Pharaoh was wroth against two of his officers, against the chief of the butlers and against the chief of the bakers. And he put them in ward in the house of the captain of the guard to his prison, the place where Joseph was bound. And the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them and he served them and they continued a season in ward. Now we don't know how long Joseph had been in prison when the butler and the baker was put there. But I want you to know, all of a sudden, here's two brand new inmates, and, but for Joseph, it's just another day in prison. 
No hope of getting out. Couldn't see the future. Had no idea standing in front of him would be the ticket for him to be moved to Pharaoh's house. Can I help you tonight? Your reliability, your faithfulness in those times when you have no idea what's in front of you may very well be the greatest times God uses you. During this day, wouldn't it be something? Let's just, let me paint you a picture. Let's just say the butler and, and the baker was there. But all of a sudden, Joseph got depressed. By the way, you put me in prison, I'm going to get depressed. I'm telling you now, it's going to happen. But say he's depressed, he's give up on God, he's give up on the dream, he's give up on everything, and they show up and they look at him and he says, what are you looking at? He's got no sorry, sad attitude. He, he's, he's all been out of shape. He's quit, he's give up on God. He used to be faithful to God, used to be reliable, but he's not no more. I wonder if down the road... When the butler got in Pharaoh's presence, if he would have remembered Joseph in a favorable way. I wonder what would have happened. I wonder what would have happened. Had he said, yeah, he can interpret dreams, Pharaoh. But I tell you right now, he got one sorry attitude. I tell you right now, he's lazy. I tell you right now, you can't trust him. He's not reliable. See, your faithfulness being reliable when there's no fanfare, when there's no, there's no future, when, when you're in, within that time of waiting and it's, it's just doing, it's just doing. During this time in the prison house, Joseph was as reliable as he was in Potiphar's house. He was faithful. He was reliable. He did. As a matter of fact, someone said, the secret of your future is found in your daily routine. What do you do when nobody's looking? He sees little things. Ecclesiastes writer said this, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. Faithfulness is its own reward. Now, I love this. Here he is. He's in prison. It would have been very easy for him to throw up his hands. I'm done with God. I'm done with Christianity. I'm done with it all. I'm done. Didn't get my way. My dream didn't come true. And I'm mad. I'm, I'm all. But no, he didn't do that. In the prison, he had the same reliability, same faithfulness as he did in Potiphar's house, in the pit, and at Daddy's house. The boy didn't change when he got in prison, when he got in that place to wait in. Elizabeth Elliot said this, said, when things hit you against, when you're, when you're hit against the wall and feel stuck, she said, she advises people just to get up and do the next thing because there's always a next thing 
to be done. It may be small, it may be trivial, but there's always something that needs to be done. There's something that, I don't know about your house, there's always washing to be done. Say amen right there. I don't care how many times we wash them clothes, they got to be washed again. Phone calls to make, bills to pay, a job to do. There's always something. And it's in those small, trivial things you display great character. Martin Luther King put it this way. Whatever your life's work is, do it well. A man should do his work so well that the living, the dead, and the unborn could do it no better. If it falls your life to be a street sweeper, sweep streets like Michelangelo painted the uh, pictures, like Beethoven composed music, sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will have to pause and say, Here lived the great street sweeper who swept his job well. See, he was faithful. What do you do when you're in the times of waiting? You be reliable. You be faithful. You young people, people's watching you. I'm always looking for godly character, for faithfulness, for reliability. By the way, I'm also looking when those are not what they should be. When those Perhaps take things that's not theirs to take. Or do things that they know is not proper. But I'm looking for those. I, I, I've said this before, and I'll and I, and, and, and be honest with you. And, uh, I think I ought to just tell folks, kind of shoot it straight. I always wondered about Jake. I wasn't sure about Jake. Until I went and watched him play football. He'd get out there and he'd get mad. He's acting like his daddy. He'd get mad. The coach would say, Calhoun, bitch! But in a little while, in a little while, the coach would point and put him back in the game. He'd play several other downs. He'd fly mad again. Calhoun, back on the bench! Then a little while, he put him back in the game again. You know what he was at, why he put him back in the game? Because he couldn't hit good being mad, but boy, he could hit good when he wasn't. And he was consistent. And he'd done everything he could to get the other dude on the other side of the field. I wonder who's watching you. You young people, somebody's watching you. They're watching your attitude. They're watching, they're watching more. And, and by the way, now, now listen, don't, mom and dad, please don't boo me out with this. I beg you, please don't. Let folks watch them. And if they're real, it'll come to the top. If it's not, that'll come to the top. See, He's reliable. He's faithful. Number two, don't, don't miss this. Be ready. Produce. The Bible says they dreamed a dream, both of them. Each man a dream in one night. And each man, according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker of the king of Egypt, which was bound in prison. Let me just stop here and say this. Somebody's trying to poison the king. Somebody's trying to slip him one. 
And either it's the baker or it's the butler. He can't figure out who it is, so he sticks them both in prison till he can sort it out. And that night they both have a dream. Now let me tell you why it's so important for you to be faithful and reliable. God is going to intersect. He's going to intersect Joseph. And when he does, he's walking along. He's being reliable. He's in prison. He's being faithful. And about that time, here comes a dream. And if he's not ready, are you listening? If he's not ready, God will get somebody else to do it. He comes. They have a dream. The Bible says, and, uh, and I love this. And he said, and he asked Pharaoh's officers that were with him in the ward of the Lord's house, saying, Wherefore look ye so sadly today? Man, what, why you got the long lip? Uh, what's going on? And they said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there is no interpretation of it. And Joseph said unto them, Don't miss this. Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me them, I pray you. In the moment, in the time of waiting... Don't look like nothing's happening. There's no, there's, he can't get out of prison. But in his prison, God brings another dream. And he, and he, it intersects. He intersects with him. And when it does, guess what Joseph's good at? He's good at interpreting dreams. No, Joseph's good to get to God who can interpret dreams. And so we find when you're reliable and faithful, then you've got to be ready when God is ready for you. Here's where we miss it. More than one good, good, good man has decided, I'm not waiting on God no more. I'm going to do it myself. And they go shoving doors open. And I can give you, I can write you a list of them that are in just dead-end works, going nowhere, doing nothing for God because they missed waiting on God. How many... How many untold thousands, instead of waiting on God and staying pure and clean and waiting for the right husband and the right wife, people have married wrong only to find out they're too late. I got the wrong one. That ain't the one God wanted me to have. Isn't it amazing? And so the untold damage to that is unbelievable. See, God's always using Joseph in dreams. In Genesis 37, Joseph dreams. And here 40, Pharaoh later on is going to have a dream. Well, this dream business just seems to follow Joseph around everywhere. Everywhere he goes, somebody's dreaming or he's dreaming. 
But it is in that moment. I, I, I don't know how to. This is the most amazing thing to me. I'm going to be very transparent. I know me well enough to know that I'm not smart enough, talented enough to be the pastor of this church. And you say, well, why in the world did God do that? He did that because whenever whenever He showed up, and the church that I was at. You know what I did at the church that I was at? I was a deacon. I had cleaned the church. I mowed the grass. Done whatever they wanted to do. Man, I'd go there and clean the church. I'd turn on some music and I'd sing. And in the midst of all of that, God just intersected my life and said, you're reliable, you're faithful. Then God said, now you're ready. But you've got to be ready when that shows up. And you can't get ahead of God. And I've run ahead of God a few times. And you know what God lets you do? He'll let you go out there and fall on your face. And he'll come by and pick you up and say, okay, let's do it together. And you, gotta, you can't get ahead of him, but you can't drag behind him either. When he begins to move, he'll move, move quickly. I shared this with Ronnie and Matthew. We built this building right here. I stood right down there at the corner. And I said, now, Lord, I'm going to ask you for two things, and both of them is going to take a miracle. I said, Lord, we need a fellowship hall. And Lord... We need that house and that land. Now I said, now Lord, that's going to take a miracle because all of those things looked impossible. As I stand here tonight, guess what? We have our fellowship hall, praise the Lord. And guess what? The other day, God gave us this house. And I believe He's going to give us this house and land. He's going to let us... By that. I'm, I'm almost starting up. Do you know why? Because he's God. But the thing is, you got to be ready. Got to be ready. Got to be ready. So we find all of a sudden now you got to be reliable. You got to be faithful. You got to be ready. You got to produce. Got to be ready. You got to be ready to, to step up. To, well, when God, when God opened the door of this church, I was ready. I had three messages. I'm ready to go. Ready to turn the world upside down. Then I figured out I had to do it more than three times. Then number three, well, don't miss this. Y'all be real. Y'all be real. That means you got to be bold sometimes. Genesis chapter 40, we discovered Joseph tells the cupbearer, he's going to be released in three days. And he's going to be restored to his former position. Now, there have been some that have said that Joseph lacked faith here. I don't see it this way. I think he's bold. He says, but think on me when it shall be well with thee. And show kindness, I pray thee, unto me. And make mention of me in the Pharaoh and bring me out of this house. Here's why he's just saying he's bold enough to say 
to this cupbearer. He said, in a few days, what I've told you God's going to do, He's going to do. And when you see God do it, don't forget me. If, I could, if God will allow me to do this and be faithful and be reliable and produce, then don't, don't forget me. You'll know I'm real. I'm not lying. That really didn't do anything here. He had to be bold enough to do that. See, I don't believe it was a lack of faith. I believe it showed a boldness that we need. Now over here in the corners of uh, the baker, he's listening to, to this other story. And man, he got a good report. So I'm going to ask him to interpret mine. But I don't miss this. This rascal's the one trying to poison the king. He said, here's what I dreamed. He said, he said uh, I also was in my dream, but I had three white baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there was all manner of bakements for Pharaoh. The birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. Joseph answered and said, Now this is where a boldness, this is the interpretation of the three baskets or three days. Yet within three days, Pharaoh will lift up thine head from off thee, shall hang thee on a tree, and a bird shall eat thy flesh from off thee. Boy, he took some boldness. He said, Man, in three days, king's going to cut your head off. He's going to hang you in a tree, and the birds. So you got to be real. You got to be real. There is one thing that's for certain. We're living in a day. We're living in a day. And uh, I'm going to preach this Sunday, Lord's willing, for homecoming. We're living in a day. You and I better be certain we're real. We better be certain we are saved and we know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. And I'm not talking, I like what uh, Tom Gillum said this morning. I'm not talking about something you did 20, 10, 15 years ago or whenever you got saved. He said, I'm talking about, is there a hunger in your heart for God today? Do you have a hunger in your heart for the things of God? Is there a desire for God tonight? Is there a desire in your heart for God tonight? He said, you better bank on that versus what you might have done. We better be real. We better be real. Better be real. Because you see, in verse 23, the baker doesn't, the, the butler doesn't remember Joseph. And God still got two more years for him to wait. He told me he would remember me. He told me he would talk to the He told me, but he didn't. Don't you listen to me. I want you to help you. I see something there. And I believe we ought to love one another. And then we ought to, we ought to, be, we ought to be kind to one another. Don't tell me how good a Christian you are if you're not kind to somebody. We ought to be, we ought to show kindness and respect and honor. You show that, you'll reap that. 
If you're not reaping that, you need to check on what you're sowing. It's that simple. But I believe we ought to do all of those things. But we need to understand something. People will most, almost never meet your expectations of what they should do. If you put your confidence in, in an expectation of what people should do, what they should... I, I'm almost hesitant saying this, but uh, if you've been married any length of time, you know, she thought she was getting a, uh, a prince and, and, and on a shiny horse, but all of a sudden, you know, like a fairy tale, like Cinderella, but the truth of the matter was, he ain't a prince, he's a frog. A kiss me turned into the frog. I want my prince back. Truth of the matter is, if you're around anybody any length of time, don't you listen? I'm gonna help you here tonight. If you can't do this, you you doom yourself for a very lonely life. If you put an expectation to everybody around you to perform or be or do or whatever, you're probably setting yourself up to be disappointed. What you ought to do is put your expectations to a holy God. I've trusted Him now for over 40 years. He has never disappointed me. Never disappointed me. But I've had a whole lot of people to disappoint me down through the years. And sometimes we're not careful. It can make you a little hard. And when people say they love you, you wonder in the back of your mind, well, do they really? So you've got to be careful there that you don't get hard. And all of a sudden, Joseph, no diamond. What ifs? What if the cup bearer never remembers? What if I die in prison? What if I never clear my name? What if I lose my job? What if I never get married? What if I never have children? What if I never find the right girl or right boy? What if I run out of money? What if my husband makes a bad decision? Probably will. What if I lose my job? What if our children get sick? What if? The chemo doesn't work. What if the church splits? What if this happens? There is a month, there's a world of what ifs. And all the answer to those is this. How big is your God? I serve a God that's bigger than all my what ifs. Many of you are worried. You look at the future. And I, I be, I'll be honest with you. I don't watch much news. I, I'm just almost... Just, just by cut all of it off. You know the reason why? I get discouraged watching that stuff. I get fearful watching that stuff. I, so I just don't watch it much no more. You know why? Because I've got a God that's God enough, big enough, and God said for me not to worry, and I'm not going to worry because I'm going to put my confidence in a God that's big enough for whatever need that we have. See, and sometimes, in these times... It's real easy to look at God and say, God, don't you care? Between Easter and October of 1992, I'm almost ashamed of this now. I'd go to the backyard of my house every night. And I look up in heaven, God, are you sure you're there? Are you listening? And I'm no doubt God looking at Look at that idiot down there. He doesn't know yet. I know exactly where he's at. 
I was watching when his eyes blinked this morning before he woke. So I know exactly what he said. First Peter 5, 7, Casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Too many of us are much like the fellow that had a big old sack of potatoes on his back. He man stopped and said, would you like a ride? He said, yeah. So he gets in the back of the truck and he holds on to the sack of potatoes. The man said, well, lay them down. He said, sir, if you're going to give me a ride, I can't expect you to carry my potatoes too. Some of you believe God's going to take you to heaven, but you can't believe him for tomorrow, for that job, for bills, or whatever needs you got. Why, if he's going to take you to heaven, why don't you just lay down the load, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. I want to read you just one little thing. William Cowper, this man struggled mightily with depression. I mean, he really did. And a writer say he lived under this cloud most of his life, but out of this suffering came one of the greatest hymns written in 1774. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea. He rides upon the storm. Yea, fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings upon your head. Let God be God and all will be well. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust Him for His grace behind the frowning providence. He hides a smiling face. His purpose will ripen fast. Unfolding every hour, the bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter. He will make it plain that God be God and all will be well. Here's the question. Are you willing to wait on God? Are you willing to wait for God to do what He wants to do in your life? So I'll stand to your feet.